Welcome to the Leap Health in the Workplace podcast. Leap Health empowers individuals and organizations to improve both their physical and mental health. In this podcast, we explore innovative, bespoke, proven health solutions that will improve both your personal and professional productivity and happiness. I'm Anna Reddy. Let's get ready to make small steps to Leap Health. So hello and welcome to podcast four and podcast four is entitled are you ready to make small steps sleep health that stay in 2022 and stay is being the most important word so I've purposely not recorded this or sent this out right at the beginning of the year because this is not just about harsh New Year's resolutions that aren't sustainable and are not going to stick. It's all about, as it says in the title, making small steps at Leap Health and will stay in 2022 and beyond. So to start off here with three questions I'd just like you to have a think about. The first one is, have you thought or are you thinking about the health goals that you've got for the year ahead? Have you made a New Year's resolution? And finally, have you made them in the past and they've not stuck? Well, if you've answered yes to any of those questions, then you'll be there within the majority of the population. And a little bit of uh, information and stats. Um, it was found in the Finder survey from December 2021, so not very long ago at all, that from 2,000 participants throughout Great Britain, 54% of them were planning to set New Year's resolutions. And furthermore to this, over half of those that were making those resolutions were going to be making them around health. So I think this really cements the fact that health is really, really high up on the agenda. I know we all often always think about health at New Year, but I think after the last couple of years, it's even more important to people. Another interesting article was from the BBC Worklife, and this includes data from Per Carl Bring at Stockholm University. And they followed the progress of 1,066 people who made New Year's resolutions at the end of 2017. So just be mindful that this was pre-pandemic, so the results may be different now. But the goals were divided into two groups. So they were divided into approach goals and avoidance goals. So approach goals would be things like adding things into your life. So, you know, I'm going to add in so many more steps today. I'm going to add in a little bit of fresh air every day. And the avoidance goals would be things that really taking away. So, oh, I'm going to take away my glass of wine at the end of the day every day, or I'm going to take away cigarettes. Um, so that is the way that the two goals were categorised. And the results showed that the approach goals were 25 times more successful. So I think this really, really highlights the fact that we need to be thinking about what we're adding into our life rather than what we're taking away from it. And this is also the way that I approach work with one-to-one -one nutrition clients and in the workplaces as well. So we really peel back the layers and identify the small steps that need to be started that are going to have a massive impact on your health. So we all know the 80-20% rule. So for those of you, anyone that doesn't know that, it means the 20% of things that you do impact on the other 80%. So it's really about finding those crucial 20% things that you can do that are going to have a massive impact. And these are what the small steps are. And I think naturally by adding in new things and think going for that approach, um, the approach goals, then naturally this supersedes those things that you're going to avoid anyway. So if you maybe think about all the nutrients that you want to include in your diet and prioritise that, 
then naturally that's going to supersede all the not so good options you know so maybe it might supersede the processed food those that are really really high in sugar and those that maybe don't make you feel as great as they should as you should do Final bit of information here as well about the stats. Um, from Forbes, they highlighted it in another article that a staggering 80% of New Year's resolutions fail by February. So I want you to just ask yourself now, are you prepared to be part of that 80%? Or is it time to start being re realistic and look at what you can actually achieve long-term and go back to the original question? Are you ready to make small steps to leap health this day in 2022? And if the answer is yes, then let's carry on listening because now we're going to go through some really, really practical steps. So we're going to use the acronym READY. So lots of people might know that READY is my last name, but we're not spelling it the same. We're spelling it R-E-A-D-Y. So before you go spending a fortune on the you know, best PT around, the latest health foods that cost a fortune, you know, the latest gym gadgets, I'd really encourage you just to check in with this acronym to find out what is going to be that 20% of small steps to you that's going to have a big impact on your life. So R is for rest. And I would argue this is the most important thing that we can do to help ourselves. And in the majority of the time, it's absolutely free. So let's think about a few questions that you might want to ask yourself when you're identifying about your 20%. So how well do you rest? Do you sleep well? Do you take time out to rest your mind or are you constantly on the go thinking that it's not productive to chill out? Do you think about your recovery as much as you think about your training? And right at the beginning of the year, there is so many people that go hell for leather training constantly and really neglect that recovery. And actually what you could be doing is jeopardizing your hard work because you're not getting your recovery correct. And finally, do you take breaks from work during the day to recharge your batteries and refocus? Um, a great technique is the Pomodoro technique where every, this is 25 minutes, I think realistically you might do a little bit longer. Um, but just take that break to for a couple of minutes just to re-energize and then get back on with the task. So it might just be a little bit of movement every half an hour, uh, but something that's just going to break off from that work, raise your energy and make you more refocused to get back. So those are a few questions that you might want to ask yourself around rest. And here are 10 quick top tips that you might want to think about. And a lot of these might seem obvious, but in a busy world, we don't always take time to put these down and put them into those small steps that are going to have a big impact. So first is maybe before bed, just start reading something that just calms your mind down and takes your mind off that busy day and takes your mind off things that are going to play in your mind all night, like things you've got to do for work or sort out for the kids for the next day. And maybe just start going to bed half an hour early. This seems really, really simple. But all too often, the time we go to bed is the time that we start at our sleep from. And so I say we go to bed at 10 o'clock. And get up at six we would think we've had eight hours sleep however it takes your time to you know for your mind to wind down and for you to fall asleep so we can't actually class that time as good quality sleep time make your room darker uh, maybe start doing it five or ten minutes youtube meditation a day or maybe just before you go to sleep or try it you know as we mentioned the pomodoro technique in between tasks 
just to calm your mind down and give yourself a rest. It might even be that you just do, you know, five minutes YouTube meditation while you're brushing your teeth before you go to sleep, just to calm you down and so that you have a better night's sleep. Uh, start box breathing is a great way to just quickly relax during the day. So that's maybe, you know, imagine a box, breathe in up the side, out across the top, in as you go back down and out as you go along the bottom. Try that maybe five or ten times a day. Just a really, really small step, but it will just calm your body down. Start planning rest days around your training, as I just alluded to. It is crucial that you rest your body as well. And also, if you're doing a lot of weight training as well, you need to rest so that your muscles have got time to repair and you get that growth in your muscles also. Start taking five-minute walk in the fresh air at regular intervals. The fresh air is absolutely amazing for resetting our mind and just making us feel good. Um, so if you're thinking, yeah, that is a great idea, but then the minute it rains, you get put off, leave your wellies, leave your umbrella and leave your coat by the door so that you have no excuse to get out. Uh, start drinking maybe decaffeinated drinks after two o'clock. Um, the half-life of caffeine goes on for a long, long time. So if you, if you stop that, Caffeine at around about two o'clock, that should help you have a good night's sleep. So rather than thinking, right, I'm going to take that caffeine away, think I'm going to start drinking decaf, which is more of an approach for adding things in. Um, start sharing the benefits of what you're doing during the day so that you can make health contagious and help other people as well, because then they're likely to share their small steps with you as well, which means that you can just bounce ideas off each other and more people can get healthy. Um, I feel better quicker. And most importantly, just start listening to your body signals about when you should rest and when you should push foot forward. Um, our body is a good, good way to uh, tell us what we need to do. So just listen to it. So that was R for rest. The next one is eat for eat. And this is all about eating high nutrients and really nourishing our body. So here are a few questions you might want to ask yourself. Do I eat to support my brain health? And I guess there's lots of people that eat to improve their physical image. However, 20% of the calories that you eat are consumed by your brain, even though it only weighs 2% of your body weight. So we really, really need to change that focus and you need to start eating to nourish your brain. Do I eat at the right times or do you maybe just leave it all day? Because you're on Zoom meetings all day and get super hungry at the end of the day and then you go for really bad nutritional choices because you just look for whatever you can find so try and get that timings and there's all sorts of different things that can you know that getting the wrong timings can affect um, do I feel right for my sport so you won't think of uh, taking a car for a drive would you with no diesel or no petrol and so you've really got to make sure you're feeling for your sport do I eat nutrient dense foods so it's you know you could be thinking that you've really really cut your calories back and you're doing really well but is there actually any nutrients in what you're eating? And if there isn't, then, you know, it's not really benefiting you. Uh, do I eat optimally for existing medical conditions? So first on the stage of the nice guidance in most medical conditions is lifestyle guidance and nutrition is up there, even though often in reality, we don't, you know, in the NHS setting, there isn't always a time to explore this and exploit it to what it actually deserves. So make it your mission to find out as much as you can about how you can really improve any medical um, existing conditions through lifestyle and dietary interventions because this will really work in your favour and support any medication that you want as well. 
Um, do you have the knowledge of how to make new, good nutritional choices? Because if you don't, that's, this might be your action that maybe you just need to find out a little bit more so that you can empower yourself to use nutrition to your advantage. Um, do you get the right nutrients and the right amounts? So different people need different amounts of nutrients and different amounts. Do I hydrate correctly? Because this will really have a big impact on your mental cognition, amongst many other things. Um, and finally, do you eat optimally for your age? So there's been a lot in the news around the highlighting the menopause, um, which happens with age, uh, amongst many other things. And our dietary requirements do change with age, and as, as our body does. So we need to adjust our dietary requirements um, as, we, as we age. Um, also as well, in younger ages as well, we need to be mindful as well in kids and things that, that we really need to fuel in them as we would fuel ourselves for exercise. And I think that's something that's often missed, isn't it? We, If we're exercising, we might think about our protein intake. And sometimes that's something we can overlook in our kids and not be aware that they're actually burning as many calories as, as they are. So, yeah, it, it's important to eat optimally for your age. So here are 10 top tips that we could start doing. So start adding in nutrients that support your brain health. So great nutrients for your brain health are things like B vitamins, could be 6 and B12, omega-3s, and I cannot sell these enough. I love omega-3s. Um, vitamin D, which is associated with SAD uh, disorder, seasonal affective disorder, um, particularly during the winter months when I can't get as much vitamin D because I can't get out as much and get as much sunlight. Uh, selenium, magnesium, and zinc all show correlations in studies. The next one is optimize your fuel, fuel around training uh, for performance and results. So we've already mentioned this. Make sure that you get enough protein, uh, make sure enough carbs if you're involved in a lot of endurance events, but just really make sure you are fueling yourself pre and post workout optimally. Prioritize foods that give you the most nourishment. Again, we said this, try things that are in the whole form, that haven't been tampered with as much because usually they're a lot more nutritious and go for the ones that are less processed also when they've got more in the whole form then the release of blood sugars are usually a lot more stable um, and have a, a, a greater impact on any long-term complications such as diabetes aim for 30 grams of fiber a day to improve your satiety blood sugar levels and gut health so currently in the uk we get about 20 grams of fiber so we need to up our fiber there's two types of fiber, there's soluble and insoluble fiber. Think of soluble fiber as like a sponge that soaks it up, so things like your oats and your insoluble fiber. Might be things that like brush, the, brush the things away through your gut. So things like root vegetables, like carrots, parsnips and those kind of things. But fiber not only improves your satiety so you feel full up for longer, it also improves your blood sugar levels because you know, that, that fiber is slowing down the breakdown of things in your, the sugars in your body, but it also improves your gut health as well. And there is so much evidence coming out and it's dead trendy um, around the gut brain axis. So this will make you feel better mentally as well, but also your gut health plays a crucial role in your immune system. Um, next one, identify the nutrients that can support prevention and management of predisposed medical uh, conditions. So for instance, say if you're um, predisposed to osteoporosis, you might really want to concentrate on increasing your calcium intake and vitamin D. Maybe you're predisposed to cardiovascular disease. You might want to think about going for more healthy fats rather than saturated fats. Um, and probably in most conditions, 
plenty of fruit and veg in the natural forms are full of those antioxidants which are going to support um, many conditions. However, there is exceptions to this, so do check this with your healthcare professional. Um, and identify information. Again, we've said this, that you need to know to make better nutritional choices. So if you need to know more about you know, what's going to help you for particular things, so maybe for fertility, for energy, for immunity, then find out more and empower yourself to steer the way to make sure that you're getting the correct nutrients for you. Um, adding more hydration, as we said, two, two litres of water a day, but be mindful if you've done more exercise, if it's hot and you're losing more, more fluid from your body. Also think about if you struggle to get it in, you know, to drink water as much, think about the foods that you have because, you know, some foods are, are high water content that can contribute to your goal a day. So maybe soups that have got high water content, maybe things like watermelon, uh, smoothies, so there's, there's more ways to get your hydration in than just water. But then also be aware of those things that you might think are hydration and could actually dehydrate you. So things like your tea, coffee, um, alcohol, I'm afraid, dehydrate you. So um, a bottle of wine midday is not really a good option for part of your hydration. Um, so maybe add a glass of water before each meal or snack and just get into that habit um, of of improve, you know, increasing your hydration because often we get past the stage where we don't really see our hydration cues. Um, why not learn a new nutritious recipe a week? Keep repeating it so it gets easier and easier and more into a habit. Um, and prepare, this is particularly important when we're working from home as well, prepare and add in some, smell, some small healthy snacks uh, during the workday so that stops you becoming hangry by the end of the day um, and overeating later on because you know you do get to that stage where you've not got the greatest cognitive function because you're absolutely hungry and you're just going to get whatever you see so just try and plan ahead and have a few healthy snacks around um, so that you can have those during the day which will again stabilize your blood sugar levels a is for activity so again have a think now do you actually enjoy the movement that you do and if you don't i think you need to change it because movement should be enjoyable Admittedly, that first five minutes when you go out maybe for a run or something, you can think, I really don't want to do this. And once you get out, you actually enjoy it. But make sure there's some element in your movement that you're actually enjoying. Otherwise, it's not going to be sustainable. You can't stick to something that you really, really don't enjoy. Also, I think, is it feasible? Does it fit into my training goals and into my life? You know, you might think, well, I've got dogs that I need to walk. So can you fit it in with that? It might be. Um, you know, I've got a busy, busy work schedule. How can I fit it into that work schedule? So it isn't just about getting in the gym for an hour, sweating it out, and that's movement. It's about finding things that fit into your life and are feasible to last a long time. Think again, we're thinking about this age-specific thing. What type of activity is best for my age? Um, so again, you know, as we get older our muscle mass deteriorates and bones um, become thinner. So it's really important that we do a lot of weight-bearing exercise, particularly with age. I would argue, though, that this is important for anyone at any age. Again, what activity is best for your medical condition? Um, what can you do to motivate you? So 
we all know, as I said, after that five minutes, you usually get into what you do and enjoy it. But what can you do to motivate you to do that first five minutes? And I think that's one of the most important things is just finding the little things that can motivate you to get moving. Um, and what's the optimal amount of exercise for me? Because it isn't necessarily all about doing more, more, more. Um, there is studies that show, you know, there's a drop-off curve. So there is an optimal, optimal amount for everyone. And after that, you're getting diminishing returns. And it's not necessarily driving your health forward and improving your health. So find out what that optimal amount is for you. And you might want to consult an expert on this or you can probably find a lot of the information from reputable sources online. So here are 10 top tips. So if you're struggling to fit in a long workout, maybe some you know, five times a week going to the gym for an hour every time, you know, five times a week might be a little bit impossible for you. Start exercise snacking. And this is something that I've got a new course, which is developed all around exercise snacking. And this is how you can just find little pockets of time in the day. So five minutes here, five minutes there to move that fit in with your schedule, but contributes to 150 minutes of exercise that the government recommends you have a week. And not only does it fit into your life, it makes you more productive if you're doing such short bursts during the day. So therefore, you're getting more done and you've got an improved work-life balance. So it is a really good way to get your movement in. Um, as I said, um, adding resistance um, training because this really protects your bones as, as you age also keeps that metabolic function going as well um, and in, increases your basal metabolic rate because um, our body muscles burn more at rest than fat do and um, start suggesting to colleagues at work or walking the talk getting away from the screen so I know I go on about this so much but there is so many video meetings that don't have to be a video meeting sat there they can be a walk and talk so suggest it to people challenge back look at your diary and identify two or three meetings a week or even more that really don't need to be sat in front of the screen um, or even just sat face to face you could get out and walk and talk and people generally walk and talk more sorry talk more when they're walking rather than just sat there face to face um, maybe start doing you know, a little bit of exercise at certain points while you're waiting for things to happen. So maybe while you're waiting for the kettle to boil, could you do 10 or 20 squats? That's part of exercise snacking and that's all adding to your goal at the end of the week. Start moving, yeah, moving things around your office or wherever you work. So you've got to actually walk there or move about to get the things. Just moving about to boost your productivity and gets that brain working. Maybe find three or four YouTube workouts that you actually enjoy so they're just there, save them so that they're a quick go-to so you're not thinking about what you're going to have to do if you've got that little 10, 15, 20 minutes when you could fit in a bit of movement. Start a pre-workout routine. And as we said, it's all about them things that can get you motivated through that first bit of movement. So things like just put your gym stuff on in the morning. As soon as you wake up, if you think you're going to move that day, um, because there's nothing worse than when it's cold and horrible. You think, oh, I'm going to want to get out for a run, but I need to go and get changed. Just have some of your gym stuff on so that you're halfway there and ready to go. Start listening to motivating music. Music is so powerful to change our mood and get us motivated. And start listening to a podcast. Download some more of my podcasts, listen to podcasts, and listen to loads and loads of other inspirational podcasts. Such a great way to learn, such a great way to motivate yourself um, and just really get yourself out there moving.
start wearing comfy clothing and footwear at work because you'll naturally move more. You know, gone in the day, well, some people might still really enjoy wearing heels, but there was a day when everybody wore heels and you don't move around that much wearing heels. So wear something comfy and you're far more likely to move during the day. Start setting a daily step goal. And why not share this? Make health contagious and get a bit competitive with your daily step goal so that you've got something to aim for. And again, start making health contagious, inviting others to join you in your activity at work. So, you know, work or at home. But by inviting others as well, then you get them to really benefit their health um, and move them forward. Now, D is for distractions. So we all have distractions that we need to minimise, but it's not just about taking those distractions away. It's about adding something in so that we don't get distracted by the things. So a few questions you might want to think about is, what do I hear that distracts me? So what do you hear that will then play on your mind? So it might be the news. It might be all the stats that are fired out in the news that scare you to death and plays on your mind all night so you don't sleep. Um, think about what do you lose time to so I'm sure we're all guilty of social media you can just be having to scroll through maybe you're just checking on one thing and before you know it you've been on there for half an hour and just lost that time so think about the things that you actually lose time to that are not getting you anywhere who drains me so this is not about falling out with people but it's just being mindful of who drains you and think on the other side of that who actually shines a light on you? And who makes you feel positive? So some people do, you know, naturally, we find them quite draining. And other people, we find them really uplifting. And you can spend, you know, five, ten minutes with them and straight away you feel really, really motivated. Um, and have a think about what have you listened to when you've felt a little bit down? What's really made you feel not that great and then think about what the types of things that you listen to when you're feeling particularly good and be aware of those things that positive noise and that negative noise so here are a few tips that you might want to think about so think about replacing those things that play in your mind with maybe something else that's going to relax your mind so maybe rather than watching the news late at night that's going to play in your mind Maybe watch something that's funny, something that's going to enlighten you and leave you going to sleep on a positive note. Identify all those positive people around you that are a really good source. If you're feeling a bit low, feeling a little bit down, a bit demotivated, just be aware of the people that you can call on that are instantly going to raise your mood. And it doesn't have to be someone that you know. It could be maybe someone that you can watch on social media or someone that you can watch on the telly that instantly makes you smile and raises your mood and gets you motivated. Think about the things that you do that make you motivated as well. So, you know, if you endlessly watch TV, then maybe that doesn't make you motivated. Think about the things that raise your energy and make you feel positive. Maybe cracking on, sorting out a cupboard or doing something that you get a sense of satisfaction after as well. But have a think about those things that can have a positive impact and take you away from those distractions. And the last one is why. And this is dead simple, dead simple. This is all about you. So what are your priorities? And are you doing the things that are going to get you to your priorities? Or are you doing the things that other people are telling you to do? Or just doing everything that's on your list and overwhelming yourself with things 
Think about what are your priorities. This is all about you and what is going to get you to the place you want to be. So I'm not going to go through all different questions and tips on that because that is just something to think about. Am I doing the things I need for me to get me where I want to be? So that is the Reddit acronym. We're now going to think about how do you make those small things, because things might have come to your mind then that, that you want to do. How are you going to get them to stay? So rather than going for SMART goals, which sound very, very corporate and very um, difficult, we're going to think about how we make them stay. So S is for simple. Make sure they're super simple. So it might be, I'm just going to make sure I get enough calcium and vitamin D in my day today. It might be, I'm going to speak with three people today that really raise my mood. It might be something around, I don't know, maybe that I'm just going to, get so many minutes exercise in today and I'm going to move at five times, break up that down into five times du during the day. So it might be that I do 30 minutes a day and I'm just going to do six minutes moving every, every so often. But make it dead simple so that you can just, so that it's easy to stick to and so that you remember it as well. Don't make it that com complicated that you can't even remember it. And those types of things that I've just mentioned are trackable as well. So you can easily see your progress and have somewhere that you write down your progress because there's nothing better than seeing how you're doing and seeing how you're progressing and being able to give yourself a pat on the back for what you've done. Um, and number three is A. So S, we've done S, is simple. T is trackable. A is accountable. So unless you make yourself accountable to somebody else, you will let yourself off the hook. You can make all these simple steps but if you've just told yourself about it, you can let yourself off hook for it. Make yourself socially accountable. Tell somebody. You don't have to tell them all the intricate details of what you're doing. But just have someone who's going to check in with you. Um, make yourself socially accountable and you're far more likely to be successful. And again, why? We're going back to this you. Make sure that the small step you choose is all about you. So just because Bill down the road is living off a certain diet where he leaves off celery soup every day and Bob up the road is living off Mars bars all day and they both claim that this is the best thing since sliced bread for the health does not mean that it's going to be good for your health. Think about what works for you. There are so many false promises out there in terms of diet plans that are going to get you to achieve this in so many days um, and so many different diets out there that are going to work might work for someone but might not work for other people so just think about what is going to work for you and think about those small steps as we said probably 20 percent of what you do those small steps will leap your health to the whole eight whole hundred percent and think about what they are by checking in with the ready acronym Think about what they are and make yourself two or three small steps using the STAY acronym as well. And think about long term. Think about those small steps that are going to last through 2022 and beyond. Keep refining those small steps. Keep adding to them. But we just remember, it's the small steps that leap health. So if you would like any more information, please do get in touch with me. It's anna at leaphealth.co.uk. Or if you want to improve your workplace health, there's loads of workshops that I offer um, from working from home without forgetting health, a lot around women's health, a lot around food for mood. So 
anything, if you want any more information, please do get in touch. Thanks so much. And if you'll be so kind, share this podcast with anyone that you think might benefit from it. Make health contagious and have a great day. Thank you. So before you start listening, I want you to think about how you can make health contagious. Did anything resonate in the podcast? What did you learn that was new? Did you hear something that you thought someone else would love to hear? If so, please share this podcast. Please leave me a review or please get in touch at anna at leaphealth.co.uk to learn more about how you can improve physical and mental health of individuals and those in the workplace so that everybody can feel happier and healthier and more productive. Thank you.